So in our gospel reading today, John chapter 13, Jesus gave his disciples a tough command. And the command was for them to love each other as Jesus has loved them. So is it really a tough command? I had to wonder about that because, you know, all throughout the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, we hear about God's love and God's uh, love for God's people and, and, and God calls us to love the way God has revealed love. So what makes uh, this command that Jesus gave to his disciples, what makes it so tough? And I thought about that and I think it had to do with what he said. Love the way he loved. Because sometimes, you know, we all know this. We love people. We love our family members most of the time. And, and you know, and we know that um, it's easier to love the people that you know. It's easier to love your friends. It's easier to love the people that you have, you know, formed relationships with. And here Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's talking to the church, actually. He's talking to the believers in Jesus Christ. And he's saying to them, love each other the way I have loved you. The way I have demonstrated love for you. And, and, and how, one might ask, how has Jesus demonstrated love for his disciples, for his followers. Let's see, he was patient with them. He showed them, you know, that he forgave them when they fell short of God's grace and God's command. He provided for them. He allowed them to know that, you know, he understood that they were growing in God's grace so they are not perfect. He accepted them. And this is about the church. I'm talking about the disciples, the followers of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about any other group at this time. And the disciples consisted of people from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different customs. And yet Jesus said, this is the way I want you to demonstrate love for each other. Before he went to the cross, the ultimate love, he demonstrated how to humble yourself as disciples in the body of Christ by washing their feet. And he invited them to come and do likewise. So there are many ways that Jesus demonstrated love for his disciples in the three years that he walked with them on the earth. And then he gave them this unique command, this tough command to love each other the way that I have demonstrated love for you. And the truth is that if we cannot love the people who are in the body of Christ the way Jesus loved us, it is going to be difficult for us to reach out and love people who are not yet in the church. This is why we are going through this VCI process, so that we would hear what God has to say to us from the Word with the Holy Spirit. We would hear how God is challenging us where we are in our journey of love 
and saying maybe we need to make some adjustments here. We need to make some adjustments there based on the word of God. Because if we don't make those adjustments, uh, it is going to be difficult for us to go out and witness to people out in the community who are not part of the church, who are unchurched, people who believe that the church is so judgmental that they will not even give us a foot into the door. I remember, I have these beautiful memories in my mind of our children, Freddie and I, you know, when they were younger, and, and I had the task along with Freddie to help to teach them, you know, how to love each other as brother and sister. So this one particular time, there were several, but there was this one particular time that um, one of the children came crying. Oh, so-and-so did da-da-da. And I'm not going to say their names because I want to protect them both. You know, they are both innocent, right? Uh, so so-and-so did such and such to me. So I listened with all the tears and, you know, as the mother. And I called the other sibling, you know, trying to get you know, objective perspective. So what happened to the other sibling? So-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that. So I did da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I sat there, and I listened, and, and I'm thinking, well, you know, this one with all the tears wants me to respond naturally as the parent. And, you know, his or her silent command was fix that, punish that one for what that one did, you know? So I sat there and I said, well, sibling number one, you need to say you're sorry to sibling number two, right? And of course, sibling number one was very strong-willed. So telling that person to say I'm sorry was the hardest thing to do. So I kept on insisting and insisting, you know, saying, you know, this is not really if you feel like it. This is a command. You need to say you're sorry. And it wasn't until after I, I had to spell out what the consequences would be, you know, if this child didn't say to the sibling, I'm sorry that this one gave in and said, I'm sorry. But it didn't sound like it was really, I'm sorry. It was like, I'm sorry because... She commanded me to tell you I'm sorry, but really, you deserve what you got, kind of thing. Eh, you know, siblings, y'all know that. Y'all have been there. Y'all have children. Y'all know this kind of stuff. So, so, so how can we borrow from what, you know, what we know in real life and come to the Word and hear what God, you know, might be saying to us? I think when Jesus said, love each other the way I have loved you, we have to look at the scripture passage in Acts chapter 11. And we need to maybe hear what God is saying through Peter at that particular time. Because you see, Peter was raised, you know, to believe as a Hebrew, as a Jew, that there were certain things that you could eat that was clean, and there are certain things that you could not eat that were not clean. There were certain behaviors that in, in, in the law that were acceptable to God, and there are certain behaviors that were not acceptable to God. But here is Peter, now a disciple of Jesus Christ. Peter had this conviction. Peter was born again 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Peter now is the leader, one of the leaders in the church. And Peter had this vision from God in the middle of the day when he was praying, a novel idea to pray in the middle of the day, right? Up on a roof. That's in an earlier chapter. And Peter had this vision that showed him this, this white sheet and he saw all these animals, all these unclean animals, you know, on this sheet. But not only did he see, he heard a voice that he believed was the voice of God speaking to him, telling him, Peter, get up, kill and eat. And of course, because Peter is so convicted by his traditions and his law that he grew up with, the law of Moses, Peter says, no, God, you know, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to eat anything that is profane. Ah, three times Peter heard the same command from God. Then, and he also heard something new. He heard the voice say, what God has declared clean, you shall not call it unclean. Hmm. And based on what Peter heard those three times, Peter responded to God in his Christian faith as a disciple in a, with a different approach. And what you hear in Acts chapter 11 is Peter's testimony to what occurred before, what occurred during, and what has brought him to this new place of understanding God's grace and God's mercy. Because the Hebrew people thought that God's salvation was only for them. They thought it did not include the Gentiles, those who were non-Jews. But Peter was convicted by that experience on that day, and he had something very profound to say. So I want us to hear again, as, you know, as Lori will read, from verse 12 to 18. I want us to pay attention to what happens when a soul is convicted by the Spirit of God and then it leads to subsequent behavior and change in behavior. Go ahead. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Bring to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? Who was I to think that I could oppose God? When I heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Amen. So you hear, there's something that God is always doing, you know, challenging the status quo in, where, in how we think about life, how we think about cultures, how we think about people groups in our societies. And it behooves us, really, 
before we, we pass these judgments upon different groups in society, that we spend time with God in God's word. We, we, we open ourselves to the movement of God's spirit within us and to hear what God is saying to us through the word. Peter came to realize that God's salvation plan was really for all of God's people. And that has not changed. We have different groups in our culture, in our world, in our society today, right now that are being persecuted because of who they are and because we don't understand how God is working in things, we feel that they should not be loved. But that is not what the church is called to do. The church is called to, to, to love all of God's people. Now, the conditions by which we love has to be based on the word of God. So if you were to continue in Acts, you would hear that even though Peter and the rest of the leaders in the church, in the first century church, even though they came to the understanding that God's salvation is for all persons, they also understood by the same guidance of the Holy Spirit that under God's word and God's instructions, that there are things that we have to leave behind and there are things that we have to pick up and there are things that we need to continue to live by in order for us to be a disciple. So I decided I would give you homework for this week. And I think if you were to go to Acts chapter 15 and to read and to meditate on Acts chapter 15, you will hear the Jerusalem council, the leader, the church. You would hear the church giving you know, some instructions to the disciples of Christ as they seek to go forth into the world to share the good news of the gospel, you will hear them saying to the church that we should not discriminate against the Gentiles, those who are different from us, because God's salvation is for all of God's people. And then you will also hear them saying in chapter 15 that there are some behaviors that are not conducive to how God would like us to live in relationship with God and in relationship with each other. So that's your homework assignment for this week. Read Acts chapter 15. But then we come back to how are we living as Jesus has given us the command to love each other as Jesus has loved us. That is a personal reflection for each of us in here today. Because one person might say to the other, you know, I am loving the way Jesus says to love. And that other person might say, but you are not. We need to not be judgmental, you know, in trying to understand how we are loving according to the way Jesus loves. But we need to be open to the movement of God's Holy Spirit. We need to be open when we are spending time in the Word to be listening to what God is saying to us in terms of what we believe, what we, how we are living, and what needs to change because to be a disciple of Jesus Christ means that there's a transformation that needs to be occurring. It's a transformation in our thinking. It's a transformation in our heart. It's a transformation in our actions. Oh, we can love and we can disagree. We can love fully and still say, I stand according to what the scripture says. But we certainly do not have to be hurtful. And we certainly do not have to be ostracizing people from our lives and from the life of the church 
because they belong to specific groups within our culture. Jesus commands us to love each other. In other words, love those who believe in me, those who call upon my name. Love them as I, Jesus, has loved you. So when people come into the church, we need to ask ourselves, are they professing Jesus Christ just like we are professing Jesus Christ in love? And if the answer is yes, we are to love them. And if the answer is no, we are still to love them until they come to the conviction that you may be carrying that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of all. He went to the cross to bear the sin of all humanity. He rose from the dead so that we will have hope in this life for eternity, but also to have hope that as we seek to follow Jesus' example, he will bring the conviction and the change that is necessary in our hearts so that we may be able to witness uh, to the world that Christ lives within us. So the question for us to ponder this week is, how are we loving each other? Some of us know other people in the church more than others. But you know what? We are called to love all disciples of Christ. So when one disciple hurts or is hurting, we are to feel empathically their pain and reach out to them in love also. That's our challenge. As we continue this journey of life upon the earth, we are to follow this tough command. No, we are not perfect. But when God brings conviction, we need to heed it and we need to make the change. But we are to love as Jesus loved. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for teaching us how to love. Love the way Jesus demonstrated your love for all of humanity. Help us to praise you, God, because like the psalmist said, all of creation you called to praise you and to worship you. And thank you for your grace and mercy, God, when we fall short. Thank you that you continue to work in us as long as we have breath. And thank you, O oh God, that you would be glorified in us and through us, God, because your command is perfect, your command is law, your command is love. And we, your people, God, love you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and God's people say, amen, amen, and amen. <laughs>